You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. What is happening? It's on You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome to the AME Radio Show, the show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. I'm your host, Jason Dowd. It is Friday morning. I know you guys are driving into work, getting ready to shut down the work week and get into the weekend. And I've had a very stressful day, guys. You can't imagine. I've been yelled at all morning. Nothing has gone right. And I think the best way to close out the work week on a positive note and transition into the, work week, into the weekend is going to be through music. And, you know, music can do some amazing things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take us on a time machine back to the early 1990s where we're going to be listening to some forgotten favorites. And then on top of that, we have a couple of great guests that are going to inspire you and open your eyes to what they have going on in their, in their world right now. We have Jeff Claiborne coming on. He was on a few months ago, and he's about ready to, to finish up his brand-new full-length CD. So we're going to be talking to him about his brand-new album and, of course, his hit that came off of his brand-new album, the, the first single that dropped, called Caddy in the Campground. So we're excited to have him back on and talking to him about his progress and his passions for everything that he loves to do the most. Then we have Renee Willett coming on. She's an actress, and she is in a brand-new series called Run With the Hunted, and she's going to be a regular on this series. So we're going to be talking to her about her journey through being an actor. She has an amazing story to tell. She will inspire you and get your blood going and and excited for whatever you want to try to accomplish in your lifetime. Okay, guys, so let's just jump right into it. I'm going to get into our first song here. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Sit back, relax, and get transported back to the early 90s when times were just a lot more simpler for all of us, especially if you were growing up at that time. You know, there's nothing more important than recapturing some of those memories from our childhood. So our first song today is going to come from Shanice and she's going to be singing Saving Forever for You, which you probably first heard on the hit show, 90210. So let's hear this song, then we're going to go to another one, and we'll be back after this.
for you, but nothing hides Whatever it is I do, I'm always thinking of you I hope you look at me, be patient
Gladdy, the dachshund, the face of Gladdy's goodies. Aren't you worried about your pet's health? My parents were too, especially since I developed pancreatitis. They couldn't find any treats I could eat, so they made some. Our natural treats are healthy for all dogs, with and without health issues. We have lots of delicious flavors like chicken, turkey, salmon, sweet potato, beef, and more. With our homemade treats, you won't worry about the contents because they have no chemicals, fillers, or bad ingredients. Go to gladdiesgoodies.com now to get your fur friend a bag and pick them up some swag while you're there. You'll be glad you did. Remember, we have the treats and swag to make their tails wag. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Hi, this is Crystal Hunt from Guiding Light. We like to live, maybe a little Magic Mike double XL, and currently Hilton Head Island on PureFlex.com. And you're listening to AME Radio. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest. Her name is Renee Willett. You've seen her in The Comedian, Blind, and Sharknado, and she is in a brand new indie drama called Run with the Hunter, and she is she plays Karen, who is an office coordinator at the sheriff's office, and she has a really cool role in this because she plays the same role over a 15-year span to uh, progress throughout this movie, which is pretty fun. So welcome to the show, Renee. How are you doing today? Oh, wonderful. Thank you for having me. Well, this sounds like a really cool movie, and it's really cool that you're able to do what, you're, what your character has in this thing. But before we get into this, I always like to find out a little bit about you. So tell me a little bit about how you got into becoming an actress. What made it so special for you? Oh, wonderful. Well, um, I used to be a tennis player, and uh, I had always wanted to secretly be an actor. And one day I woke up and quit and moved to California and went to USC and pursued acting. And it's very special to me because it proves to me every day that I could, you know, pursue my dream. So, I mean, I love it. I started acting professionally once I graduated from USC in 2014, and I haven't stopped since, and it's an amazing wild ride, but, uh, you know, that's the business, yes. and growing in my career is, is something that I've always wanted, so it's pretty special for me. And, um, yeah, I'm in L.A. and New York, and... Wherever the shoots take me is where I go. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you were you were in tennis. Did, were you ranked? Were, were you uh, professionally ranked in any in any of it, or was it just more like you were just starting out into it and then kind of jumped into being an actress because of it? Oh no, uh, yeah, I was a tennis player. I played in junior Wimbledon, junior Open, traveled, mm-hmm. lived in Europe for it, trained in in voluntary IMG Academy in Florida. It was my it was my whole life. Wow. So it was a very big deal for me to quit. So I like to think if, if I could step away from something so amazing and something I was actually pretty good at, you know, anyone should be able to wake up one day and pursue their dream. So how I see it. <laughs> so what went through your head? I mean, you had something here that you, like you said, you were really good at. And, you know, you just decided to give it up. I mean, what went through your head? Were, were you nervous? Uh, did people, like, say, are you are you joking? Are you, you know, uh, what kind of reactions mm-hmm. did you get? Yeah, I think when you, I think having, like, an athlete lifestyle is so different. People don't really realize what it, what it takes to really be a successful athlete. They kind of only see, you know, the rich and famous part of it, but, being a, a, a real athlete, you know, you have to live, sleep, and breathe it. You have to eat a certain diet. You never know. It, with tennis, you never know where you're going to be because if you win a tournament, you have to stay in that city. And if you lose a tournament, you have to leave that city and go to the first part of the next tournament. So you really never know. Your, your life is very up and down. You have to stay focused, especially with tennis. And to kind of give up something that's so... It's almost like a religion is how I saw it. Um, 
it was a pretty yeah, it was a pretty big deal. People thought it was crazy, but that's also a reason why I just thought I wasn't cut out for it. I I didn't, you know, I didn't want it hard enough, and I think you need that. And I believe you need that because I I feel that for acting, and I think if I didn't have that for acting, I would never I would never book anything. I would never have a career. <laughs> well, you know, tennis is a very disciplined sport, and it takes exactly. a lot of uh dedication. Um, you know, just a lot of a lot of skill in so many different ways. And did that help you out with your with your acting at all? Were you able to use some of the oh, principles 100%. that you in, installed in that? You did. Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, I like to say to a lot of actor friends of mine who kind of who I think kind of dilly dally. Um, you know, you can't go into a tournament having not practiced every single day, and you know taking some shots and practice on your serve. You can't just go in a tournament and expect to win. And, uh, you know, I think that acting-wise, like the craft-wise, I believe that because I believe you should be going to class no matter what level you're at. I mean, some classes, especially in L.A., I'm in L.A. right today. I'm in L.A. and here in L.A., you know, a lot of classes that I go to, my friends go to, they're very, very famous actors in. And, you know, you have to appreciate that they're still going to class because class is different than you know, having a private coach, which I like to do as well, and I value that. But with acting, you know, you like to bounce off other people, and it, it really strength, strengthens those muscles of your craft of acting. So I like to think of it in terms of tennis, and I like to think of every, everything in terms of sport. If you wake up, you know, early every day and you're doing it, you, I believe, you know, in the 10,000-hour rule, if, if, you, if you keep doing it, you'll, you, you have to get better. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't, there's someone else out there who's waking up early and and doing what you're not doing. So, um, you know, I like to take my my tennis, yeah, discipline with me wherever I go, and I appreciate it. And I love it. I mean, I played tennis this weekend, but you know, it's it, it was a different life. But sure. I think for for acting, I I believe that it's special to have that kind of edge. Um, I take it with me in my career as a business and my career as an art. So it's special, yeah. So as a, as an athlete, you obviously know that you have weaknesses and strengths that come along with it, and you got to you, you know work on those mm-hmm. weaknesses. What did you have as a weakness as a actor, and what were some of your strengths that you were able to, to work off of? Um, I think in the past, maybe a little bit in the present, as an actor, I wasn't committed to well, physically staying in the same place, um, traveling between New York and L.A., I've accepted and realized it's is, is harmful to maybe my acting as a craft. I think, you know, for a year after college, I went to a full-time conservatory in New York, and being there every single week, three or four times a day, living and breathing it like I feel with, you know, like I felt with my tennis, um, really made me a significantly better actor. Mm-hmm. And after that year passed, and the la- and a year after that, being back and forth, I noticed myself as someone who could have been more committed. So, so sticking sticking down and staying and and working on everything really helped me strengthen. Not that you know I was weak. Not that I'm saying I was weak in things, but but not committing, I think, could be a weakness. Mm-hmm. So um, I like. I like the fact that I at least noticed that. <laughs> so I like to strengthen my weaknesses. <laughs> um, and my strengths, I guess, well, I guess I would say a big strength of mine is is comedy. Um, I also do stand-up. So being a comedic actor and working on comedic um, sides and scripts and stuff, um, I would like to say is a strength of mine because I think a lot of people think they're funny. Yes. Like I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But maybe I just think I'm funny. Who knows? But um, <laughs> I like to think it's a strength of mine. So, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I've, I've always been told if you at least laugh at your own jokes, you know one person's laughing, which is which is a positive, exactly. right? <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm happy in my own bubble. <laughs> so you came out of school. You, you just changed your profession. What was one of your first big breaks? Well, to shoot like my first movie ever, opposite Robert De Niro, I guess I would have to be a pretty big break for an up-and-coming actress like myself. Yes. Um, 
getting to shoot with him in New York as a New Yorker. He's Mr. Tribeca. We shot in Tribeca. It was maybe, probably, still going to be the most amazing experience of my career because it everything about it was special. My first time, it was with him, where we shot, and, um, you know, because it was my first time, of course, I, I gave it, I gave it my all, but the situation of the film, which was, which actually ended in my benefit, was, um, the director, Taylor Hackford, Helen Mirren's husband, amazing, amazing guy, he wanted me to come in three weeks before shooting, um, because I was working directly with Bob, uh, you know, to meet, to bounce things off with him, you know, as a new, new actress, not really having any credit, so he wanted me to come in. So I came in and we worked together and after I left I found out that something, you know, with the production happened and my shoot was getting pushed back with, with Bob. So I was like, okay, it must have been something's going on if Bob's shooting is being pushed back. So I got pushed back. They called me in again a week before the next shoot date. Hung out with him. We bounced off ideas with each other and then we started becoming friendly. He happens to be a USC football fan. I did not know that. So we become we became friendly in a personal note. It was very nice. And then I leave, and it got pushed back again. And the third time I came in right before right before the final date of when we were supposed to shoot, and he told me that they're rewriting the script. They rewrote the script, and he wrote in a part for me. So originally, I, I got a role. You know, it was my first time acting, so I was happy to have a role with two lines with Robert De Niro. That's a pretty big big deal for someone who's never acted before. Sure. And they rewrote the script, and I guess because of connecting with the director, he ended up writing a part for me. And it was, like, maybe the most amazing... To me, it's the most special story of my life because I think it proves that no matter who you're meeting or working with, no matter how big they are, they're still just people. And there's a lot of value in connecting with people. And, I mean... That proves it myself, you know, he, not, I didn't even have a, you know, I didn't even have a reel at that point, so it's not even like I was so experienced to, to get something like that for a big director to have a role written in for me, it was pretty special. That is special. Yeah. And then since this, obviously you've done some other things now, and you're kind of leading into what we're, what you're working on with this movie here. Yeah, so I've done a few other things. I did a movie called The Yellow Birds with Jennifer Aniston that went to Sundance in 2017. Um, I did a film with Alec Baldwin and Demi Moore called Blind. And I've done a few others with some other big players like Daniel Radcliffe and Molly Ringwald. And now uh, the most recent film I just wrapped, which you mentioned, uh, is called Run With Me Hunted. Um, that's with Michael Pitt and Ron Perlman and Andrew Dice Clay. And that one was, is pretty special to me as well because not only is it the biggest role I've had so far in my career, playing someone who, yeah, like you said, is over 15 years. She's young and then old. Mm-hmm. But um, I got I connected very strongly with Andrew Dice Clay as a comedian, and we might be doing some work together as well on that aspect. So it was pretty special for me to have a, a mentor now in my uh, stand-up career. Someone, mm-hmm. someone like him is, it, it's pretty amazing. So this movie is, has has done uh, some good things for me right now. <laughs> that's cool because you know I love Andrew Dice Clay and that's really cool that he's in this thing. I grew up watching him doing stand-up and everything else. So you know I know his work very well and I know he's a very funny guy. And yeah, um, he, he's really funny and he he has that strong uh, Brooklyn persona and mm-hmm. accent which I love. So we kind of make some New York. New York jokes to each other. I'm a <laughs> Manhattan girl. He's a Brooklyn guy, so it's pretty funny. That is cool. <laughs> we have a bunch of other. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. So my role uh, originally, when I'm younger, uh, I, I get a little bit uh, accosted by my boss, which I think is a pretty, you know, relevant topic, and I actually enjoyed um, having that role because of its relevance. That was a pretty uh, cool experience for me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I was older, it you know put some makeup on me, made me look older. It's pretty funny. I took a few pictures. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll look like that when I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, 
you know, she's still in this humdrum job, kind of hates her life, still has the same boss, and, you know, it's a little bit, I mean, her, the movie isn't depressing, but her role is a little bit, you know, sad, so sure. it's actually cool, a cool role for me to do, because I haven't done something like that. So, you know, playing, playing somebody over the, over the time of 15 years, obviously, I didn't realize it till I got older, and I looked back and I said, you know, kids are completely different than you are as an adult, hopefully. <laughs> so, you know, you do right. mature, and, you, and your attitude changes, your perception changes, your, mm -hmm. just from your life experiences. So how did, you, how did you progressively age your character outside of the makeup? So, as a young woman... I was very um, strong, tough, it, even though he's my boss and I'm kind of just a little uh, secretary at the time, I'm still strong enough to say, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this with you, this isn't going to happen, don't close the door. Like, I feel like having strength in that aspect is actually does seek waves because, A, it, my young character is, is in the past, is not in 2018. So I think that says one thing, and B, a lot of women aren't strong enough to say stand up to their bosses. Mm -hmm. So for me, being young and and having some sense of power, I think is a bit significant, or I I took it as that as an actress. And then when I was older, um, sort of like I alluded to, when I was older, I was I didn't know that I'd be stuck in this this life with this with this job and. You know, no husband and no kid and my life sucks kind of role. Um, she is very, I spoke deeper. I spoke not slower, but I definitely took to heart about everything behind, you know, back in the uh, back of my head. I'm very, very, you know, upset, uh, not upset, but very distraught with where my life has come to kind of kind of feeling and, and no matter what topic we're talking I mean we could be talking I, my role could be talking about you know anything some someone coming into the police station and I still you know the back of my head it's like why am I here so I think that that, that showed a contrast for someone who who's who my scenes were in the same exact place with the same person in the same job you have to make some sort of changes you know mm -hmm. and those were that's kind of how I how I took it now what was um, one of those things that you loved the most about your character uh, that you wanted to play why did I love most about my character hmm well there in general there were a lot of young women in the, in the film so I liked that part um but no I think the fact that it was something that was significantly larger than anything I had played had got me very excited mm -hmm. so that I could uh, in fact make an arc to a character and, and take some time and meet with a coach and, and really give everything I can into a role itself. That fact was so special to me because a lot of my past roles have been one scene, two scenes, you know, just trying to get in there and build, build my career. Um, so it's, it, it is a significant difference for me. I don't know if other actors feel that way when they get to jump up in their in their role size, but for mm -hmm. me, a role size is important in itself. So that was the most exciting part. I would have to, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> so when is this movie coming out? When can people see it? Um, well, I think, I mean, I always like this. I just shot it, and they just, are finishing it's what is it it's still august so they're still shooting it so i always like to be safe and say like almost a year with things you never know right you know once it goes through once they're going to start uh submitting it to the festival run you don't know what's going to happen with that so if it does go to festivals i always say by the time it goes to the festival and then it actually comes out it's a year since i've shot it or sometimes two so so i'm not quite sure yet but I will keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, I know, I know there's definitely a, a you know progressive time afterwards because you gotta you gotta do all the the fine tooth editing and and finalizing yeah. stuff. And sometimes if something needs to be reshot again, they call you back out. So I know it's I know it's definitely a process. 
Right, yeah, sometimes they, they definitely do pick up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But they always try to get in a, a rough draft, kind of, just to try to make some festival submissions. Most Pretty much every indie film will, will do that, just to give a try. Um, if they're on the edge of, of a festival, like, I'm not sure if they're making Sundance this year, because the, the date is very soon to submit, but for other ones, they'll at least, you know, get something together. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure quite yet about that, but, um, I have some, some stuff coming up too. So I try to look, look, I always look to the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely tell us about that and then tell us how anybody can find you, follow you, or be a part of your uh, career as they watch you do these new things. Um, well, I have a film coming up opposite Ray Liotta, which that will, that will be my largest role once I shoot that, so that's pretty exciting for me, too. Um, I play kind of like a clerk. I'm sorry, I don't know her name yet. Uh, but her cler- a clerk in like a, like almost like a dollar store, thrift store, where he visits, uh, frequently, and every time he visits, it kind of, he, so he visits the store to try to buy clothes for this young girl who's the lead of the film, and every time he goes in, it's, his role shows how he cares more and more for the girl by what he's saying to me, by what he wants to buy, by the advice he gets from me. So um, there's importance in his uh, visits to the store. There's some underlying significance to it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's kind of special because A, I get to work with him. My scenes are just me and him. B, it's my biggest role. And C, um, I... It, cha- it changes every time. It's kind of like it's, each scene is kind of a, a whole new interaction. And it's, again, it's kind of funny, but again, it's opposite the same person and in the exact same place. But I get to make it different every time. So it's a pretty cool thing um, for me to, uh, you know, to do. I haven't done it yet, so I'm not, I'm not sure how it will go, but I'm very excited. And it shoots in uh, Louisiana. So I've never, I've never been there either. So it'll be uh, like a little adventure. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, we're shooting that soon, and again, that probably won't come out for a while, but it, it, it's exciting. So, um, yeah, there's a few other indie films coming up, and I'm working on some stand-up. I have a lot of that coming up as well around L.A. and New York. So um, I'm busy. I'm, in, I'm finishing uh, business school, so, you know, try to get it. I try to check off all the things on my list. <laughs> Well, it's it's great that you're busy. Um, how can people follow you, find you, or uh, do you have a website? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, so my Instagram is uh, just my first and last name, R-E-N-E-E-W-I-L-L-E-T-T, Renee Willett. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, my Facebook, everything. But I'm a big, I like to do Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal, too. There you go. <laughs> Well, this has been a lot of fun, and man, what a what a great story! I mean, giving up everything that you that you knew to to pursue a dream and and doing it and 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 winning and succeeding at it. I you know congratulations on that, and uh, congratulations on this movie. You know, I can't wait to see it when it comes out. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, me too. And thank you so much for having me today. Oh, it was a pleasure. And hopefully, we'll be able to get you back on to talk about these other ones when they come out. Of course, I'll I'll be back. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have more, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy, that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop at Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hey, this is Marshall Hilton. You're listening to AME Radio with your host, Jason. 
Kick butt, Jason. Welcome back, everybody. We have on the line with us our special guest. His name is Jeff Claiborne, and he is a repeat guest. He was on just about a couple months ago, and we were talking to him about his new album called Caddy in the Campground, uh, which is going to be an EP coming out here. And also, he's a country music artist, so if you like country, you're going to love this interview. So welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you doing today? Well, thanks. I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Oh, this is fun. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about stuff that you love to do, and uh, obviously that's country music. So, for anybody that missed the last interview, how did you get how did you get in started in in music? Well, you know, I've been in music uh, my whole life. A lot of musicians, I think, do start early. Do you recommend and you don't wait too late if you want to play music because I really think it's inside of everybody. But uh, as a kid, I was uh, kind of growing up in the church. My dad was a preacher, and he also directed the uh, choir. So I always asked him questions. I thought they were great, and I could tell that I was a music lover from when I was able to start talking. And uh, I guess I've been been singing with him, and he teaching me harmonies to finally, you know, uh, the the drums were a toy, and the piano was a toy. Uh, I guess that started up, uh, my mom tells me, about four or five years old. And then um, I tried out for the technique. Boys Choir, which is a very famous choir here in Fort Worth, Texas, and was able to to make that early on, and then really learn how to breathe and sing. So, uh, and then it's just not stopped. You know, I did play a lot of football. I played a position of quarterback and did that for a long time and worked hard at it till I was about 23. And uh, so I had a little bit of sports going, but for the most part, it's always been about show business. Mm-hmm. What do you love most about performing for people? Oh, boy, so much. That's my favorite part. I I think the studio's fun, and it's a great lab to be in, you know, uh, to uh, uh, to create great music. But the live experience is a give and take between audience and performer that you can't replace. I think that you get it on stage as an actor when you're doing theater. Uh, obviously, um uh, any other type of show business, you get it. I mean, even if you're on a football field and you have a big crowd, you're 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 playing for and that you're trained for, and they're willing you to win. I think the same thing happens when you're on stage playing music. If your band is good and you're good and you're prepared and you're uh, you know, really care about what you're doing and you and you've learned to make great music and you're around musicians that feel the same, the integrity of the music is uh, strong. You have this will from the crowd of give me more, I'm digging it. Uh, Time seems to be suspended. So just the idea of of helping people get to a point, I think what makes a great song is to stop time. Mm -hmm. You know, they're about three and a half minutes, rock and roll is a little bit longer. The country is is a story being told for about four minutes, you know, and if you can, if you're listening to a song and four minutes goes by and and, and it's time's kind of not mattered, you know, you're listening to something great. So if you can do that for two hours on stage and people are just sitting around clapping and having a good time and you're distracting them from their everyday life and they're just having fun and to see that on people's faces, there's nothing like that in the world. You know, I was going to ask you, you know, what made you decide country music, but then you said Fort Worth, and I'm like, geez, that's a no-brainer. I know where you got that from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's everywhere now. You know, country yeah. music's changed now. It's different. It's almost uh, coming out of Nashville, kind of the new pop music. I know we've got mm-hmm. hip-hop, and we have uh, a pop music and, and some of that other stuff, but country, yeah, that's right. It's always been around for me. I, I was listening to Conway Twitty, uh, uh, latter part of his career, you know, and of course I was uh, just alive just long enough to really get who Elvis Presley was and see him on stage a few times, uh, obviously on TV. 
But that mesmerized me, and I thought uh, Elvis was a little bit of everything, rock and roll and southern country and his personality that said, man, bring that into country music and tell stories. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do that someday. You know, you, you brought up an interesting point here, and I think we people don't quite understand that, you know, country has evolved quite a bit, and it's called, now, I think it's called crossover country, where it's more like rock and roll or rap mixed with country. And, you know, you get the, you get the diehards that just are stuck to that old-fashioned style of, of, of country, and there's nothing wrong with either of them. But there is, no. seems to be like a divide and almost a war between itself now because people don't, they, they want to stick to that original country, but that's kind of dying away to what is going on now. What's your take on that? Yeah, good question. I talk to people all the, all the time about it, you know, because I have a, you know, a deeper voice. You know, gosh, who's, who's playing right now? My voice is like a Chris Young or, um, you know, Waylon Jennings was one of my uh, favorites, too, and I took some phrasing from him and some other guys like that. And, and I sound a little bit more like the older country. And if you listen to Chris Young, uh, which I do, uh, uh, he he's there. He's 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 not really pop music. You can't listen to Chris Young and think uh, rock and roll. Really, he's country, and and that's what I'm trying to bring back that old style, and then keep it fun. Keep the bass line moving. Keep the voice moving. Sing with a lot of heart and personality, and keep it up. And oh yeah, country it's grown. It's like rock and roll. You can't you can't call rock and roll. Everything rock and roll, but people still do. You know, if you look up genres now, we got about 120 of them. That's you know, right. it's just crazy. It's like what? Well, what do you call it? And to me, it just uh, it needs to be good. You know, I don't care what it is. Of course, people like different styles, but my take on it is that the uh, because of the age of America and the age that are digging this storytelling music. I think if you're telling a great story, you're playing country music. Rock and roll is more about a mood and an energy, but country uh, has a lesson, a lot more metaphor, a refrain, coming back to a lesson and a story or feeling that people can identify within a story. So I think telling a story, you're, you're... you're making American music, you know, and, and that's, gosh, blues, country, right? It's all mixed up. So it's my team. Yeah. I mean, I think that sometimes we put labels on things, and I, it kind of, I don't know, I think it kind of it kind of ruins it for people, just like, you know, anything that you put a label on today. I mean, if you look back at the old, at the old rock and roll, you know, the classic oldies, they call it, you know, that was technically still country in its own right, but then it also had its own form of rock and roll but if you told somebody that does not like country that elvis presley was country they wouldn't like elvis presley and i think <laughs> I, you know it's and it's strange it, i mean i think i think it'd be better just to just it, like you said if the music's good you, you enjoy it and stop you yeah. know we don't need a label it's just, that's what I'm uh, music is just good yeah. if, if you're if you care about it and it has integrity and you've loomed over the years some training or or through feedback from people that you know how to write good songs and suspend time and do give people a sense of being a little bit more alive and distracting them, then that's what music is is meant to do. So, you know, I think it's like any genre. I agree with you, and I think it's only going to get worse, I hate to say. So <laughs> if we can drop the idea that labels matter, uh, we're going to be better off. I think a lot of people just get their identity from it. They'll yeah. say... Uh, I like traditional country because I'm a traditional man or woman, you know. I'm going to stick to that, and I don't like all that crap. Well, it's pretty good music. I mean, the, the other crap that they're calling crap is good music. They just don't like it because it's, it's, uh, you can't put traditional behind it. So I agree with you. I mean, these labels uh, are more confusing than helpful. That's true. So it's been a couple of months since we last talked. What's new? What's going on in your world? And what kind of new things are you working on that I think uh, that you think my uh, listeners would like to be interested in hearing about? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, I'm an artist, so I'm always creating. And I, I uh, have different ideas come uh, every day, so I'm 
always writing. I've got finished songs, and then some that finished in an hour, and then some that take a few days, and I'll bring some other co-writers on and, and help me finish, or I'll think that their personality will fit the song, and we'll work together. So um, we have the EP campground is on. It's just called Jeff Claiborne, and it was meant to do just that. Um, introduce me as uh, a new one coming out of Texas, and this is the kind of stuff you're going to be hearing uh, in the future. And then we are working in the studio right now on, uh, well, I'll say five songs. They're not all finished, but we'll add five and hopefully a sixth that I just wrote. <laughs> if I can talk my producer into it, um, uh, we'll have 11 songs on an album that will come out uh, at the end of the year or probably there in January. They say that's the best time to release uh, if it's coming out in the winter. So um, a song called uh, Least Ones to Leave is something that we're really excited about. I think it's going to be the next single. Uh, we, we have a lot of meetings in Nashville and Texas, and what we tend to do is be the last ones to leave in a restaurant. It's either because we like to eat late, or we've had a long day, and we're there when they're closing, but we just, uh, even when I'm growing up, if I'm in a bar or, or a restaurant, anywhere, it seems like I'm the last one to leave, and so are my friends. So let's write a country song about being the last ones to leave, and it really turned out great. Talk about a traditional, modern, you know, try to put a label, oh, here I go, but uh, it's, it's got everything in it, it and you think it's going to be a hit, so... Uh, really excited about some songs like that that have come through here in the last so six months that are, thank goodness, you're on a roll when you're a writer. You worry about and the creativity you know, slowing down at some point, but it's, it's full speed ahead. So deciding what songs to go and finish this record is kind of a, uh, an interesting process. But I could go through all the songs and tell you all about them, but I, I really... It'll be it'll be available as Jeff Claiborne is now wherever you stream music uh, and wherever you uh, uh, you know play albums whether it be iTunes CD Baby or anywhere else will always be readily available. So we're going to get on that real quick. So going through this EP that you're working on and like you said you're starting to turn it into a full length album. What are some of the things you're most proud of to date with this project? You know, I'm, I'm really proud of Caddy and the Campground and what it's done. It's a fun song. I think I told the story last time you and I spoke, and that is that a, a writer, or we went to Grammys, and a, a writer came up with an idea. I'm one of those guys that asks questions, funny questions at parties, like, what's the most <laughs> embarrassing thing that's happened to you? And uh, one of the writers sitting by me said, well, I rented a car. I went through Yosemite Park in California. And I locked the keys in the car and tried to get back into it, and the alarm went off, and it was 12 minutes or some real, real late where all the kids were, were sleeping or uh, just about to go to sleep. And she said that was the most embarrassing moment. And all their tents, the person came up, she said it was an embarrassing moment. They were calling the rental car company and everything else. Of course, they were closed, and it went on for about an hour and a half. And I was like, what in the world was it? doing in a campground. Just one of those moments where writers know, and we looked at each other and said, that is a song. And when we said it, I said, oh my gosh, how do you write that? But it came about. And then we made a great video that tells that story, but we put a twist that the caddy rolls up with some women that are lost that were planning to go downtown, so they're in high heels and short skirts. And uh, the video is fun to watch and to see a song together like that and then have such a great video that really tells the story. I've got to see right now that Caddy and the Ground team in the top 20 on the country charts and now we're on the music road charts and some of the others that are important. You know, it's our best accomplishment so far. Wow. Well, this is really exciting that you're able to do something like this and what what are some of your um, other at what are some of the other things you're going to be planning around the release of this uh, EP? Are you planning on any tours? Are you planning on any music videos? What are some of the other things that you're you're going to be working to help promote this CD? 
we are working with the artists right now in their tours and in their planning to uh, be the first act on for a few of them. And uh, some of them are already out, and they're taking uh, the newcomer along with them on about three or four shows. And uh, it's kind of, as you know, opening. So we're setting ourselves to be on those tours and kind of run around with those guys for a little while. I can't say who because uh, uh, just not until until we're promoting it, I can't say who, but we're, we're talking to a number of people. So I think that's where you'll see us on some of these bigger tours that we're opening for. Okay. But uh, we're playing on TV, and I'm doing a lot of benefits. I like to help kids and, and uh, handicap kids and, and disability uh, uh, situations like the um, special and so forth. So we're going around right now just making some of those stops and then, of course, doing this, talking to you guys on the radio uh, and, and letting you know that we're going to support this with all we've got. And I think you're going to love the show. I mean, it is my favorite part. And it is a very active, fun show. I grew up watching Garth Brooks. I don't know if you've ever been to a Garth Brooks show, but it just never stopped. The energy was there from the first note. And, and these openers will be a little bit shorter shows, but they will get on own too as Candy and some of these other songs break. So we're booking right now. I, I can just say that. But uh, I'll, I'll promise I'll get that news out to you as soon as I can. And all that news will be available at jeffclayborn.com as well. Well, Jeff, we're just about running out of time, so I appreciate you coming on and talking about your projects here, and we look forward to seeing the release of this new EP and, and the full full CD, hopefully early, uh, late this year or early next year. Yeah, thank you very much for having me again, man, and just to uh, tell everybody, and, and, and which we appreciate, thank them uh, for going out and supporting live music. It's a big deal right now. There's a lot of venues popping up all over the country. It's a fun thing to do get away from computers and get away from TVs for a while and get out and go hear live music. We really appreciate those music lovers that come out, and we're not going to let you down. We're going to have a great time when we see you. Well, again, uh, Jeff, thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Glad to have you back on again, and uh, hopefully we'll be able thank to get you. you back on with more cool new stuff that you have coming out in the future. Yeah, we're going to come out as a single world. I mean, when, the, when the music's done and it's ready and it's good, you just put it out there. You know, it's not like the old days where it had to be on an album. Now, when you finish it, you're real eager just to get it. Uh, stuff will be available in the coming months. So, thank you. We'll be talking again. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We have more coming coming back after this, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends. Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> this is Andrea Tanteros from the Fox News Channel and author of the new bestseller, Tied Up the Knots. You're listening to AME Radio. All right, guys, we are back. we got just a few seconds left before we got to close out the show. So 
If you want to hear us again, we are on again tomorrow. And, of course, every weekend, every Friday and Saturday. And to hear us, all you have to do is go to amfm247.com and there are 11 AMFM stations every Friday morning at 6 a.m. and every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. WKLAP.com every Friday at 12 p.m. and every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are also on radiolove.com every Saturday at 9 p.m. We are on Spotify, iHeart, Phoenix Broadcasting, and I iTunes On Demand. All right, guys, that's all we have for you. We'll see you again tomorrow. Good night, everybody. That's the end? We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.